Hello, and welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. This is the podcast to get real about what it takes to become the wealthiest and happiest version of you. After creating my first seven-figure year, 12 months after having my first baby, I am on a mission to show as many women as possible how they can create tons of money in their online business with the most ease and joy possible. I'm here to inspire you and guide you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. All right, you guys, this episode is so special to me. And I think that this episode is going to change some of your guys' lives. I'm so happy to be documenting this experience and, um, stick around for this episode. If you want to hear about my birth story. So if you're like me and you love birth stories, especially if you like hearing like natural birth, home birth, which I'm so into, you're you're just going to love this. I know a lot of my clients and a lot of the people that just like love me and want to know more about this journey. You're going to love this episode. I have a feeling I'll point a lot of women to this episode in the future who have questions for me about that experience as well. Um, but this is a business episode as well. So I will say truly, I'm not trying to just spin this into business. So it's mostly going to be pregnancy and birth and whatever, but there is a huge business lesson in this story. There is a huge manifestation lesson in this story. So if you're here for both the the birth story and you're like, I want to know how this has changed your life, Taylor, around business and manifesting and making money, you're going to just eat this up. You're going to love it. Okay. So, um, this is my birth story with my third baby. If you don't know, um, I have had three babies in three and a half years, which is crazy. (laughs) It's pure chaos around here. Um, and, but we love it. And so I have had three very different experiences. I feel like I've experienced freaking everything at this point. I know I actually haven't, but man, it feels like it. So really, 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 really quick recap with my first two, because it's an important part of the story. Ruby, um, is my three and a half year old. She's my oldest, my first pregnancy. I went a very traditional route. I had an OB, um, I gave birth in a hospital setting and I went overdue with her. So I had a very easy pregnancy with her and no issues, nothing. Um, but they wanted me to be induced truly for no reason, except that I was overdue and risks increase when you go overdue as OB say very like, that's just very, uh, standard. I don't know the word that's just standard, standard policy, right? So I really didn't want to get induced. I pushed it out once. I tried to push it out again. They basically told me I had to, which PS, you never have to do anything, but that's another story for another day. I went in for my induction at 41 weeks. Ruby was born at 41 weeks and four days. So my babies just don't like to come out (laughs) as you'll hear later in my birth story with my third. Um, but it was a very long induction. They had to do every intervention under the sun. So like every single thing that they can do to induce you, they had to do for my induction, like all the medications, the Foley balloon, the Pitocin, the Cervidil or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, everything. And, um, it ended up being an emergency C-section. I believe because because of, a, I, I don't know how it would have went if we went a different route, obviously, but I do think a lot of why the birth went the way that it did was because it was induced 
And there was a lot of interventions in that induction. Like it just wasn't working. We'll never know how it would have went without that, but that's how I felt. Okay. So I get pregnant again. I have a Lucy, which is my one and a half year old. And I decide through my research and through my gut feelings and my intuition to take a different route, which was to hire a private midwife and to, and to have a home birth, which was a really, really cool experience as well. Financially, I felt so grateful for the wealth and the finance, financial freedom that I had built in my life. Speaking of being fully free, this might not be a desire on your heart right now, but I know for a lot of you it is. And I will tell you that it was really cool. I hired my midwife completely out of pocket. I hired my doula completely out of pocket. I paid for everything for the home birth out of pocket. I transitioned my husband and I out of traditional um, like family doctor care into working with naturopaths out of pocket. I transitioned my children out of working with a traditional pediatrician with insurance into um, private pediatrician that does not take insurance and so many other things. Like we started chiropractic care. We started um, just all types of things in that pregnancy to help our health to become healthier. And for whatever reason, all of that had to be paid out of pocket, which was well over probably $10,000 total. Um, and ongoing expenses as well that we continue obviously with our doctor and, and things like that. Anyway, plus insurance for when we truly need medical care. So it's expensive. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to have the financial freedom to do that because I feel like now I have well-rounded care, which at least in the U.S., I am sorry, but if you're only using doctors with your insurance, you don't have complete well-rounded care. I don't mean that in a bad, like hateful way. I don't mean that in some like trying to fear you kind of way, but I'm just saying like, if you want true health care, um, that's fully well-rounded and you want holistic and you want act like medicine, like that's how you have to do it. And it, it costs money. Um, anyway, I had a home birth with Lucy. My pregnancy with her was a breeze. My home birth with her went amazing. I was super healthy. She was super healthy. I didn't have a ton of trauma. Like I, I felt like I had a lot of, I definitely had a lot of trauma from Ruby's birth. It went great anyway. Um, but the difference here is I had a very easy pregnancy. I had a very easy journey. I was very supported on that journey. Nothing went wrong in my pregnancy. There was never a concern. There was never a moment of like, you might not be able to do this. You might not be able to have this home birth. It went perfect. She was born at 40 weeks and four days, but my labor was longer than this one. I felt like the length was perfect, 10 hour labor, but it was longer. It was harder. It was way more painful. I was screaming a lot <laughs> in that labor, which no shame. <laughs> that was intense. That hurt. Um, and I tore really bad, uh, in that birth that I had to have a lot of stitches down there. And I, tr I will say, honestly, in my opinion, healing from my home birth was significantly harder than healing from my C-section. Um, that was just my experience. And so going into this birth with my third baby, number one, I was like, this is going to be a breeze, like been there, done that. Even if it's as bad as it was with Lucy, um, it will be great. Like I can handle it. I've been through that. I can handle it. I can handle the pain of labor. I'm not afraid of it. It was painful, but I'm not afraid of it. I can handle that. Now I know. And even if I tear, like I don't, I really didn't want to, but I was like, I can handle that too. And pregnancy is a breeze for me both times. Like this pregnancy is obviously going to be a breeze. I'll probably go a little overdue because I always do. Perfect, 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 perfect. Right? So I will say that 
the whole like very beginning of my pregnancy was really easy. Very normal for me. Felt like I was a little bigger than normal, (laughs) but it was easy. Now at about 37 and a half weeks pregnant, to just be a little specific, I found out that baby was breech, which means instead of baby being head down, like they're supposed to be, baby was head up. So his head was in my ribs. It made a lot of sense when I found out he was breech. I think he was breech for a little while. And in Florida and in many places, breech is immediate C-section. Like not immediate, like I could have waited a little longer, but I will say if I was in traditional, like with an OB, I probably would have been sent to have a C-section at about 38, maybe 39 weeks just to prevent me going into labor um, and to get baby out safely. There is an increased risk having a breech baby, but people do do it. And, you know, it's, you just gotta, you gotta evaluate the risks. However, in a lot of places, you don't have the choice to evaluate the risks. It's just quite frankly, you can't do it. Um, so I did not want a C-section. I wanted to, in my opinion is I want to avoid a C-section like the plague. I want to avoid it at all costs, unless it's necessary not because I'm scared of them. Like I said, my C-section healing was actually easier than my home birth, my first home birth. And so I just, but I just don't want them because there's also increased risk with that. That's how I felt. I didn't want it. Anywho, sometimes, sometimes there is a trained doctor. I've, I've found that these are very hard to find. Maybe it's easier in other areas, but sometimes there are a midwife or a doctor who can do a procedure called an ECV. You have to Google what that actually stands for because I know that I'm not going to pronounce the words right, but it's called an ECV. It's an acronym. It stands for something. This is where they place their hands on your belly on the outside and they push really hard and they manually from the outside. <laughs> I'm saying outside so many times because I had clients who were like, can you just tell? Because procedure sounds like they're going in, right? But it's just from the outside. <laughs> they flip your baby. So I didn't want to do this either because there's complications with that. Usually they go great. The complications are rare, very low chance. But I'm like, I want to not intervene. That's what I learned from my first pregnancy is do not intervene. Things go wrong when you intervene. That's just what I, that was my, my thought process, my experience, not a fact, my experience. And also there's trauma there. So there is that, that is fearful thinking for me. I just didn't want to intervene at all. And I kept having things come up in this pregnancy where it was like, we have to intervene. We have to intervene. It was so annoying. But anyway, I did everything to get this baby to flip naturally. I went to the chiropractor every single day for almost two weeks straight. I was doing like this breach, um, again, which is totally out of pocket. I had to pay every day to go to the chiropractor. I had to pay for a, another doula to come to my home and teach me this like whole like workout, basically, like all these exercises and moves um, to get baby to flip. I was doing those every single day. I was hanging upside down every single day. All of this in total was about four hours commitment. I'm not kidding you. I was upside down for an hour and a half a day. I was doing the exercise for an hour and a half a day. Um, driving to the chiropractor and back takes a little over an hour. Like it was a lot, nothing. Baby didn't flip. Baby wasn't going to flip on his own. Um, so I decided to go to the hospital at 38 weeks and have the ECV done. I was there for five hours 
And they sent me home because there were so many emergency C-sections back to back to back to back. And there's only, I think at this hospital, there's two, maybe even three doctors there that can do it. But there's like one that's the best, two that are really great. And there's another guy that could do it. But at that night, that shift, there's this, I had the best doctor and he couldn't do it because he's just in surgery all night. There's nothing you can do about that. My trauma is through the roof, you guys. I'm crying and not because they sent me home. Like I cried stepping into that delivery room. Like it was a very, and I'll tell you why I'm sharing this, um, but it was a very intense experience for me. A lot of the stuff I thought I healed from Ruby's birth by having a home birth with Lucy, it was like, oh no, you were just avoiding this. Like my, I just, I couldn't, I was like terrified. I felt very unsafe. This is another reason why people choose home birth. If you don't understand, some of us do not feel safe in those settings. And it might be for what you consider valid reasons. It might not be whatever. It's trauma usually. And I had a, I, I had like this trauma reaction to being in that room in any way. I didn't, I just, I didn't know I would have that reaction until I was there. And I have the hospital gown. I'm crying. I'm crying, putting the hospital down. I'm crying, talking to nurses. They think I'm crying because I'm scared to get the ECV. I'm crying because I'm scared that I'm going to get talked into something or that this is going to go wrong. And it's going to be like my emergency C-section all over again, which was, which was scary. Not because I didn't trust doctors, but because having an emergency C-section where they tell you, you could be losing your baby is scary. And that's the situation I was in. Anyway, cold trauma response. So then they send me home (laughs) and they do reschedule it for another week. Most, they, they advise you to get these done at 37 weeks because baby's smaller. There might like, hopefully like they can flip easier. They, and also to avoid you going into labor with a breech baby, which they don't want. So I go back that week waiting from the first ECV to the second was horrendous. I was doing every, I was still going to the chiropractor every day. I was doing the hours of the workouts every day. Just, but it was, it was, I was, I was also crying. Like out of those four hours, I was crying for probably two and a half, three of them. Like I was hanging upside down crying. And I started like voxering my clients and doing my work while doing these things because I just, I, I was crying because I was so afraid here. Let's get to the point here. I was crying because I was so afraid to not get what I wanted. And what I wanted was really important to me. And I felt like I deserved it. I felt like I deserve just a freaking peaceful birth. I deserve to have birth like thousands. And I mean, thousands is, is so inaccurate, but like thousands of women before me have millions. You guys get what I mean? Like, why don't I get to have that? Why can't it just go smoothly for me? And I know some of you have felt this on your journey of becoming mothers. And I know you guys have felt this on your journey of becoming successful business owners. Defeat. Why me? Like, I hit that point and it was really hard. Hey, you guys, real quick, I need to take a minute and tell you about Transparent Sales, the membership. This is a new offering in my business that I am so excited to be posting and running and inviting you into today. So this is literally the most no-brainer way to work with me that I have offered in years, maybe even ever. It's $97 a month and you are getting four pieces of content from me per month, all designed to support you in making way more money from your content, having a way more profitable business, creating sales with so much more ease and selling out your offers no matter the price point. So 
this way of doing content and selling and marketing is going to help you sell out your own membership, your own low ticket offers, but also high ticket offers. So inside the membership, you'll find women who are selling out $1,000 courses, $300 courses, memberships, $20,000 coaching packages. It helps you with all of that. We are going into your email marketing strategy, your social media strategy, Instagram stories and posts and Facebook and all the things. We'll talk about podcasting and we'll talk about hosting content events like your own free trainings. Um, It's just going to be really, really good. You guys, there's four drops a month. So every month you're going to get a content plan for me where I'm saying, here's what I would be doing this month. Here's where I would be showing up. Here's how much, here's the angles I would do. Here's like how much I would sell and the ways that I would sell. Also every month you're going to get a new piece of curriculum from me. So this is a super actionable training to help you create better content. Um, also every month you will get a Q and a, so there will be an opportunity to submit any questions that you have for me, and then I will answer them for you. Um, and then finally every month, something I'm really excited to do is give you access to my content insights. So we will be taking a look at my own podcast stats, my Instagram stats, my email stats. And I want to do this because I think so often we're trying to replicate what's working for others and you actually don't know what's working for them. So I'm actually going to show you, here's what you saw me do. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Here's my takeaways. Here's what I'm doing differently or the same moving forward because of that. There's a Facebook community. Anyway, you guys, I could go on and on and on, but I want to get back into the episode. So just go to thetaylorlee.com slash membership. Again, it's literally $97 a month. There's so much content waiting for you already and an incredible group of women in there thetaylorlee.com slash membership. And I'm super excited to celebrate you joining us. All right, back into the episode. So I go back to the hospital 39 weeks, different nurses. I'm going to be honest. The first nurses were really great. My midwife was also with me as a support person. I got treated very well. Next time I went without my midwife, she couldn't make it. And I felt like I was treated very badly. Something overcame me though. So before I went in for the second hospital appointment to to hopefully get the ECV again, I had my breakdown and I told my husband, I was like, you know, and everyone's telling me like, C-sections aren't that bad. You've done it before. You know what to expect. It won't be an emergency. It could still be peace. Like everyone's trying to talk me into this. It's okay if you don't get what you want. And I think we do that in business too. We try to convince ourselves like if I'll be okay, it's okay. Even we're doing this because we don't want to be disappointed. All this does is set us up to not get what we want. But I was at that point, I was fully ready to give up. I told my husband, I, I had a serious talk with him where I was like, I think that if this ECV does not work, I just get the C-section like while, while we're there, like screw this. I, I was like, mentally, I cannot handle this any longer. Like I cannot handle this fear. I cannot handle this trauma that's coming up. I can't handle this. And that's where I was at. And my husband was, and my midwife, I will say, and and my other birth team too, but I was very closely working with my midwife and my husband through this. They were the only ones, but especially my husband that was like, you're getting the birth that you want. This is going to work. This baby is going to flip. It is going to happen. Even when I was like, but it's probably not. Also, the longer you go on this journey, just like I feel like we assume in business, I'm assuming people get this done at 37 weeks. I'm now 39. Baby's measuring big. Like 
He hasn't flipped. I've done everything to get him to flip. You read stories of people saying, I did backflips in the pool. I did handstands in the pool. I went to the chiropractor two times and the baby flipped. And I'm like, I've done everything for weeks. So I was at a point where I'm like, baby is probably not going to flip. I'm preparing myself for failure. I'm preparing myself for disappointment. And my husband, even on the way there, is like, the baby is going to flip. This baby is going to flip. So my husband's doing a way better job manifesting than me, but I did tell him I will go into this hopeful. And so the whole car ride there, we also had to drive over an hour to this hospital because again, it's hard to find people that do this. So I had to keep getting babysitters and my grandparents drove in from like over an hour away and watched the kids. And we went back anyway, the whole car ride there, I'm like visualizing this moment where they tell me that the baby turned and I cry and I'm so happy and it worked. And I'm texting my midwife that it worked and my husband is smiling and I'm visualizing this the whole way there and I'm feeling the feelings of it happening. So I will say you can manifest plot twist. The baby flipped. I'll tell you that story, but the baby did flip. So you can have energetic breakdowns, flops, where you give up energetically. You don't have to believe in what you want happening the entire time. This is the, this is one of the manifestation lessons. Um, or maybe my husband manifested it, but then we hear that you can't really manifest things for other people. (laughs) I don't know. But my point is, is I truly was at a point where I was, I was very convinced baby is probably not going to flip. I'm probably going to have a C-section. Those are the things I was visualizing doing all the things. No wonder the things didn't work. This is the things I was thinking about driving to and from the chiropractor. These are the things I'm visualizing hanging upside down because I just don't want to get my hopes up. And the odds every day are getting lower and lower and lower. And I'm inevitably getting closer to going into labor every single day. And so I'm just like facing the reality in my mind. But I committed that hour drive. I visualized for an hour there and talked only positively to my husband like I promised him. I had a good attitude and I get there. We wait another five hours. The nurses are honestly complete assholes to me. Um, I honestly thought I was like going to have the cops called on me in this appointment. It was horrible or like child services or something because they were appalled that I had a home birth. They were appalled that I had a VBAC, which means you have a vaginal delivery after cesarean. They were appalled that I was even thinking about doing that again. Um, they were appalled about the sizes of my babies because my second baby was eight pounds, 13 ounces. This one was measuring about the same. Um, and five hours go by and they tell me the doctor can't do it. They didn't have a reason though. They just said, the doctor said he can't do it. And this nurse is telling me your fluid is low. Your baby is big. Your baby is not, uh, your baby's too low. So if the baby's, um, butt is engaged in your pelvis, it's probably a lot harder to get that baby to turn, Right. And I'm like, my, in my head, I'm going in circles because I had been told this whole time by my midwife and, and my, my, um, lady that does my ultrasounds who I also pay completely out of pocket (laughs) that I have tons of fluid babies measuring like a little big, but not huge. Baby's not engaged. Baby is floating. This is going to work. Everything's on your side. You've done all the work to get baby to like you know, come out of the pelvis, like things are working. Like that's what everyone's telling me. And then these nurses are telling me something different. And then they say, we can't let you leave unless you tell us your plans for when you go home. Personally, this is where I was like, oh, okay. Things are about to go south real quick here. (laughs) 
and something overcame me. Mama bear, um, my power. Like I spoke up for myself for the first time in a medical setting ever. And I told them like, I'm not going to tell you exactly what I said, but I just, I just told them that I was being treated incredibly unfairly that I could tell that the way that they were speaking about to me, that they were assuming things about me and that they were using their own (sighs) newborn brain guys. I don't have the words, but you know, they're using their own, whatever. They're just assuming things about me and they're using their own bias and that this is unfair and that quite frankly, I'm not going to stand for it, that I'm not going to speak to them anymore about my plans, that I believe the information they were giving me was incorrect, if not lies, due to their own opinions about me and my decisions, yada, yada. The doctor was in my room (laughs) within an hour. I still had to wait. Um, But the doctor was there. I actually got two doctors. They They had the doctor that was on staff and they had the doctor that I saw last time that promised me he would be there, but wasn't. And they did the ECV together. Um, and the baby flipped within five minutes, which is like really good and fast. These can go up to about a half hour. And there you go. I, I asked for those nurses to be removed off my service. I did not, I did not want them in my room again. I did not feel safe with them, blah, blah, blah. I got the two, I got these two new nurses who were the sweetest, sweetest people on this planet. And the doctors were so great and everything went great. Even when the doctors scanned me, they said, you have great fluid, baby's not in your pelvis. I was being lied to. Um, and anyway, <laughs> I, but you know what? I'm so freaking glad that that happened. So here's the other lesson. Sometimes things on your journey to getting what you want will happen that suck. That are, I, that was my first time in the hospital. That was my fear to be treated poorly to have people judging me, to have something bad happen because of my medical decisions, because most doctors and nurses are against home birth and also against even trying, like just have the C-section. Anyway, I'm so glad that that happened, you guys, because I had the opportunity to face what I didn't even realize until a week earlier was one of my biggest fears, which was having to advocate for myself in a medical setting. I advocated for myself and it freaking worked. It worked and I got what I wanted and my baby freaking flipped. And I had about 12 people in that room watching that ECV. Usually people get an epidural. I did not. Um, I breathed through it because I told myself, I also had a pelvic floor therapist I was paying $170 a week for out of pocket. I had um, a birth course that I paid out of pocket for. And so I said, if I'm going to make, if I'm not going to have this vaginal birth, like if there's any chance I'm not, I'm going to use what I've learned in this birth course. And I'm going to use what I learned in pelvic floor therapy. And I'm going to breathe my way through this ECV. And I killed it. So it was such a good experience. I left so happy. Me and it's, it's 11 o'clock at night. Me and my poor grandparents. (laughs) Oh my God. Everybody that supported me in this journey was like so great. But um, we had an hour drive home. We didn't get home till after midnight. I was so sore. We got Wendy's. It was just, I was so happy. And I was so freaking ready to have this baby. I was so ready to have this baby. I knew I would still probably go to my due date. 
I knew that sometimes ECVs do send women into labor because it's, uh, it is kind of a traumatic event on your uterus and for your baby. It's very, very, very intense. So some women do go into labor, but I still assumed I was fine with going to my due date, but I was so ready. I knew the, oh, and I bawled like a baby when they told me the baby flipped, like everything I visualized happened anyway. Um, my due date came and went and then 41 weeks came and went. And I started freaking out because in Florida, like a lot of other places, you can't have a home birth past 42 weeks. And like I've experienced with an OB, they would have already been wanting me to induce, especially most people who get an ECV that works are induced immediately. So they wanted me to sign papers to agree with that. And I had to deny that. Hence why I had all these issues because they didn't agree with my decisions anyway. Um, so we monitored baby's healthy. I'm healthy. Nothing's wrong. Nothing is wrong just because something takes longer than it does for other people. Just because you go overdue with your baby doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong. Just because your business results, the money you want to make is taking longer than it does for other women in the mastermind you're in with. For other women um, that you see online doesn't necessarily mean anything's wrong. So I had a lot of people, this is when people are getting nervous because I feel like nobody knew what even having a breech baby meant. (laughs) So people weren't really like giving me a lot of negative vibes about that. But when I went overdue, I'm getting people sharing on Facebook with me, like horror stories. I'm getting people like people that are close to me that you think would be supporting you, like asking like, but when are you just going to get induced? Why won't you just get induced? And a lot of people like checking in, like, is everything okay? Like, what's your, what's your midwife saying? Because people have fear around this. Anyway, everything was perfect, but it even made me waver. It didn't really make me waver on like, is, I did have thoughts, of course, that like, is this baby ever going to come? And I've experienced that with all three of my births, (laughs) which is crazy. Here's another lesson. It is inevitable that the baby in your womb is going to come out one way or another. And when left undisturbed, women will go into labor. Yes, there can be risks. And yes, I think that should be monitored, of course. But I'm just saying, (laughs) if you don't, they will have the baby. Just like on the farm, you guys. We've had tons of babies this year on the farm. It's like, you don't, we didn't really know when the babies were due, when our donkey was supposed to be born, when our goats were supposed to be born. They're gonna have the baby. They're gonna go into labor. Like that's, inevitable. You never think like, is it, is there something wrong? Is there ever going to have the donkey? Is it ever going to have the baby goat? No, like it's going to have the goat. It's going to have the donkey. It's like inevitable. It has to happen. As humans, we're so blessed. We can monitor things now and we can make sure everybody's healthy. And if there's any signs that they're not, we can get induced. We can get a C-section. We can be supported so that, um, things go wrong less often. In my case, everything was fine. You know, in my family, like that's so normal. Like my mom goes over 42 weeks. My grandparents have gone over 42 weeks. Like it's so normal. So, but it's not the norm today. So anyway, nothing. Now I'm going to tell you, just like I didn't want interventions with the ECV. I really did not want to do that, but it felt like I decided to do that because the benefits outweighed the risks. 
and it would get me closer to what I wanted. I trusted my midwife and I wanted to feel like I was giving the desire I had everything that everything I could. So I did. Um, and again, as we got over 41 weeks, we're approaching 42. I decided, even though I really did not want to, um, to try to naturally induce labor, to do things, to encourage my body to go into labor. And, um, so about halfway through 41 weeks, I started doing things, which I'll tell you, um, because we were getting close. I had three membrane sweeps that week. Nothing. People were like, have you had a membrane sweep? I went into labor hours after this. Is, I'm getting so many messages like this. Well, when I got my membrane sweep, I went into labor that night. When I got my membrane sweep, I had my baby the next day, three, nothing, not even a contraction. <laughs> Again, other people may do something and get the result or get the result faster. Doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. I did everything in those few days, three membrane sweeps. I did this tincture, um, like two day, two different days. Um, I did pumping. (laughs) I did a lot of walking. I did a lot of, um, curb walking. I did mile circuit. I did all kinds of other exercises. I did spinning babies. I did an enema. Okay. I wasn't going to share that with you guys, but I thought if you really want to know how hard I tried to get this baby out, I'll tell you how hard I tried. Nothing. Nothing. Again, other people may get the result faster than you. Doesn't necessarily mean it's not happening for you. Other people may do the exact same things as you. Does not necessarily mean it's not happening for you. Other people may even do less than you. They only needed one membrane sweep. They didn't need any. It doesn't mean it's not happening for you. So the day I went into labor, it was 41 weeks and six days. This is the last day that I can have this home birth. Nothing's changed. Things were changing though, let me be clear. I really encourage my clients in business to look for signs at what they want is happening. Um, One exercise I give a lot to clients who are really in this space is having an evidence journal, which is where, which I did not invent this. I don't know the person that invented this. A coach shared this with me and told me the name of the person who invented it. And I forget. So maybe if any of you know, share it with me, that'd be cool. I'd love to know who invented it. But this is where you have a journal or you just somewhere have a place every day where you write three pieces of evidence, three pieces of proof that what you want is happening. So in business, it might be, sure, you're not getting the sales, you're not making the money, but you're inspired, you're getting good support from your mentor, someone reached out and told you their po- your post really spoke to them, whatever, right? Someone reached out about your program, someone filled out the application, it's proof. So I was having proof, right? Like, my baby was getting lower, my cervix was dilating more, um, I was having other signs of labor that we won't speak of, <laughs> but like things were happening. It was inevitable that I was getting closer and closer and closer to having that baby. And even if I did nothing else but lay in bed, I would eventually go into labor. And due to being able to monitor things, it was also proven that everything was okay in in that moment. Baby was healthy. I was healthy. (sighs) 
41 weeks and six days, I took a midwife brew-esque smoothie. Look that up if you need to. <laughs> um, which I did not want to do, but I did. And I got another membrane sweep. So I had four membrane sweeps in like under a week. I went into labor within 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Four hours later of that first contraction, my baby was born. Here's the thing. One reason I really didn't want to intervene with getting labor started, especially with um, the midwives brew thing and whatever, was because I didn't want to do anything that made me feel like it was out of my control. Like I felt with my first. And I even felt a little in my second, even though that was completely natural, all me. We didn't do a single thing to make that baby come out. I felt out of control because I was afraid of the pain. I was actually afraid of my own power. I was afraid of my body. I did a lot of work on that. So I was like, I trust my body. It's going to go into labor. I'm going to have this baby when I'm meant to. And my body's going to know exactly what to do. Now I'm putting things in my body. I'm doing things outside of my body to get the baby to come. I was really afraid I'd feel out of control. But I'll tell you, this was my best labor. It was four hours long <laughs> from first contraction to last. Um, I enjoyed every single second of this labor. I was so in tune with my body. I literally could feel the baby rotating. I could feel the baby going lower. I had a playlist that was just perfection. I cried in labor. I wasn't, I, 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 I'm vocal, <laughs> but I didn't scream. Like I wasn't screaming of fear. I wasn't screaming of pain. I didn't scream in that labor. I cried. I cried tears of relief and happiness and gratitude. And oh my God, this is going perfect. And this is going so well. I was the whole time in my mind affirming the most beautiful things to myself that this is exactly what was supposed to happen. This is exactly how it's supposed to feel. My body is literally doing everything perfectly like I knew it would that I'm about to be holding my baby, that me and my baby are working together, that I'm so ready. Like it was perfection. I did feel pain a few times. Like I felt it a few points where I was like, oh, painful, ouch. But every single time I was able to use the tools that I had learned from pelvic floor therapy and from my course, which was pain-free birth, um, look her up on Instagram. Amazing. If you want a natural birth, 10 out of 10. Um, I was able to use these tools that I had learned and I had practiced to literally get rid of the pain. Like insane fully relax my body, fully trust the process. I was not fearful in that labor once. I didn't have a point where I felt like I can't do this anymore. Like nothing. I didn't have a point where I felt like this can't get any more painful or else I can't do this. I didn't have a single point where I told the contractions like, stop, please. I can't. And all my contractions were like a minute apart from start to finish. <laughs> um, and here's, and my, my husband caught the baby and it was the perfect home birth. I had a photographer. The photos are phenomenal. Um, I didn't need stitches. I healed really quickly postpartum. I've had a perfect postpartum. I've had no breastfeeding issues. I have not felt any hormonal like craziness, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, but I've literally cried like maybe two or three times, which... <laughs> I say that and I'm like, oh, us women really go through it because, but all my other postpartums, I was crying two or three times a day, minimum. 
Like, I felt like I can't do this. I suck at being a mom. I can't do this. I can't take like the lack of sleep. I can't like the, my nipples hurt. Like I, I was like mad at my husband the whole time. Like I had really hard hormonal, um, postpartums. I feel so Zen. I feel so good. I keep telling people, um, as a joke, but I mean it, like, I feel like the postpartum gods have just blessed me. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because here's the lesson. You can get exactly what you want. I kept saying this whole pregnancy, I was journaling that I just wanted a fast, fearless labor and to not tear again. (laughs) That was like, that was all I wanted. Fast, fearless, and no tearing. And I got even better. I didn't care if breastfeeding was hard. I didn't care if I got no sleep. I didn't care if I was pissed at my husband. I didn't care at all, anything else. That's just, that's what I wanted. And I got even better. So whatever journey you're on right now, fertility or conceiving, pregnancy, um, business, money, health, a health journey, those moments of difficulty are part of it. I'm not saying they're required because difficulty wasn't required in my labor. Difficulty wasn't required in my postpartum, but for some reason it was at the end of this pregnancy. And again, if it wasn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had that moment that I know is going to be so healing for the rest of my life and healing for my kids. I don't have to pass on that trauma of being terrified in a hospital. I don't have to pass on that trauma of feeling like I can't advocate for myself to a doctor, that I can't even ask them a question, that I can't trust them, that I can't trust myself. That, that opportunity, along with many other lessons I didn't even share with you, but that opportunity is healing generations to come of my family and maybe even outside of my family, the people that listen to this story. I would go through that difficulty a million more times just to get that one thing, let alone all the other things. This, this bonding between me and my husband of him holding the vision for me, like supporting me like never before emotionally, the opportunity to be so supported by other women on my birth team. I didn't need that last time. I didn't need a whole lot of supporting. It was just, everything just kind of happened. Like so many good things. And that's what happens. I'm not saying difficulty is required, but what I am saying is on the other side of difficulty, you see the reason, you see the lesson, but when you're in it, you don't. And it's okay if you're not thankful for it right now. It's okay if you're, why me? Because it's not fair. It's not fair. And you do deserve what you want. And you do deserve for it to be quick. And you do deserve for it to be easy. I don't know why it goes that way. But I do know that every time it's gone that way for me, it's been worth it. And that the clarity of why it happened that way does come. (sighs) And it's, it's interesting because this is my third baby where I'm getting this, right? Like I could have said like, but I, I held the vision. I held the vision for my perfect birth with Ruby and I didn't get it. And there was always a part of me. I didn't want to be like, poor me, why me? Just because I tore, but I did, I did have a bad tear and I did have a bad postpartum like healing with Lucy. And I kind of felt like, why did I get such a perfect pregnancy, such a perfect birth, but I had to have this thing that made it so much harder because that makes every that makes taking care of your baby harder and breastfeeding harder. It makes everything harder, you know. Why did I have to have that? But even now, 
I get it. So it's not just one journey. It's not just a month or a launch or a year or five years or one baby or two. Ba- it's like your journey is going to unfold how it's going to unfold. I promise you. I promise you, you are more power- powerful than you know. I am now, this is another incredibly powerful thing that has happened from this birth and this pregnancy that I am, I would not go back and change it. I would not go back and change it. I wouldn't. Because there is this part of me that's like, I've felt my power before. I felt my power in Lucy's birth, but I forgot it. I will not forget it again, but even, even bigger, even better. I am not going to forget yours. I refuse after this to stand for anything less than women's power and women's pure ability to create anything that they want, anything that they want. And I've, I've said this for a long time with my coaching clients, like your struggle does not phase me. Your timeline does not phase me. Like when I'm in the trenches with my clients, I am not afraid. I, I, I don't love being in the trenches with my clients, but I am here for it. Just like my husband was in the trenches with me. Just like my midwife was in the trenches with me. Just like my sister was in the trenches with me. Let's go. I've got my, my rubber boots on. Like, let's go. I'll be in the trenches. I'm not afraid of it. I've been there. And I've been there with a whole lot of clients. And I've said that for a long time, but it's like, there's this next level of it now where it's like, I'll be in the trenches and even when we're in there, I refuse to stand for anything less than you being insanely powerful and on your way to every single thing that you want. So I hope that this was powerful for you. (laughs) Hold the vision, hold the vision. It is happening. Everything you want is happening. Real quick before you go, if this episode gave you value, got you inspired, or has you feeling more confident than ever about your big goals, can you do me a quick favor and go leave a review? It would mean the absolute world to me and it helps other powerhouse women just like you find this show, which is truly the best gift that you could ever give me. So thank you in advance for leaving a five-star review. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.